0: I want to take a Bible to turn First Corinthians, 8th chapter, as we continue our study in verse 1. Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, the charity to edify. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him as concerning, therefore, The eating of those things that are offered in the sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or earth, in the earth, as there are God's many and Lord's many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom all things are all things, and we in him, and the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom Are all things, and we see by him howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge. For some, with conscience of the idol, unto this hour eat a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God, neither for neither I we eat, or we are we the better. Neither if we Eat not, are we the worst, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see you with the that, which hath knowledge, set at the meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be embroiled to eat those things which are offered to the idols? Through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish from whom Christ died. But when ye sin, go so go against the brethren and wound their weak conscience. Ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if me make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Spread it, please. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank Thee for all Thy mercies You give us in Christ Jesus for Your everlasting love and for the sins you've washed away by the blood of Christ and that we might stand before thee one day holy and perfect without blame and, and be able to see thee face to face. We look to thee, O Lord, for the service today and, the, and this morning that you bless each one according to their needs and for the saints that you would edify, lost that might be saved and, Lord, in all things that you might be glorified. We thank thee and praise thee in Jesus Christ's name. For his sake. Amen. When is eating meat sin? And the uh, passage starts out with prideful knowledge, uh, which is connected to hurting the weaker brother and idolatry. Now, the meat mentioned in this passage was sin, uh, <coughs> sin to eat if it offended the weaker brother. Uh, and we know that we have many other passages in the scripture about eating at the idol's temple and so on and so forth. Even in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter, we have a little there that speaks about that, that you cannot eat at the Lord's table and the devil's table at, at the same time, either one or the other. And here it's the difference between knowledge, knowing that idols are nothing, and uh, and that we, <clears throat> we know that those that worship idols are not really worshiping anything. They think they are. I mean, I had neighbors that had little idols everywhere, and they would worship uh, this one or that one and say a little prayer for whatever they needed, and they thought they worked. I mean, they really, you know, they thought that they was really praying to somebody, <clears throat> but in yet, yet, though they wouldn't pray to anybody, uh, but yet they thought they were, and this is where the weak conscience comes in. If you come out of a religion like that, And you're set free, if you will, realizing uh, Jesus Christ is the only one that we're to worship and come through to the Father, uh, our God and Father, by the Spirit, and that uh, these idols won't help you. They won't get in touch with God for you. They won't do any of these things. And yet, those that come out of it may have a weak conscience. And they think, well, you know, this one's kind of a, seemed like it worked a little bit for me, and so they think there is something behind that that's not there, <clears throat> and this is what it's talking about: those that used to worship idols, and they think that these idols were gods and lords, and <clears throat> and if you think that these things are gods and lords, then uh, you see somebody that's supposed to be a Christian separated from them, and they're over celebrating it seems with them, uh, then. <clears throat> then, if you will, it hurts the weaker brother and either brings scorn against he that's doing that or uh, that they think, well, if he can do it, I can do it. The difference is if you think there's something behind it, then it's sin. Absolutely sin. If you, uh, so uh, I don't believe in good luck or bad luck, but I'm going to throw a penny in the pool anyway. Now, if you think there can be luck in that, then it's sin. If you just want to throw your money away, then throw it to me. I mean, that's not going to do any good throwing it in that fountain. But uh, so there's things that even Christians who claim uh, to be solely uh, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ do that, if you will, are idolatrous. And so that's kind of a background for it. When knowledge, they eat the meat and not worship. However, the actions of these would hurt the weaker brethren. And in our passage is, is eating at the idol's feast. In Romans 14, another type of meat is also given that's unclean uh, to the Jews. And, and it's like telling Jew, well, here's some pork, eat it. Uh, if they're weak in the faith, they're still thinking that that uh, causes you to sin. And if you think it's sin, it is sin. <clears throat> and so that... <clears throat> That you, if you will, hurt the weaker brother. There, we all have knowledge one way or another. We've been saved by God's amazing grace. You think about knowledge of um, takes many forms. Though <clears throat> you might know math, <clears throat> you know one plus one equals two, but not know how to apply it. That's understanding. Or we may not. We may know how to apply it, but we don't know when to apply it, and that's wisdom. <clears throat> Proverbs four, 5 and 7, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and, and she shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is a principal thing, and therefore get wisdom, and follow by getting, get understanding. There's a lot of people that know things about the Scriptures. They can quote them to you, and some have learned from their youth up, and they quote them, and they can tell you what this passage said, what Jesus said over here and that and the other, but they don't understand what it means. They don't know how to apply it because if you don't understand what it means, then you can't apply it. And, and yet, they seem to be very knowledgeable in the things of God, and yet, they they have knowledge of Scripture, but they have no understanding of it. And not only do they not have any understanding, they don't know how to apply it, it is in wisdom. Here Paul's chatting some of them that had knowledge uh, without humility and, and they had pride. He said, one that is, <clears throat> that is of the man who loves to calculate how far uh, the <clears throat> he's advanced beyond others and other <clears throat> the other, excuse me, that of man who feels how infinite knowledge he is and how, how little he knows and that's a copy from a Bible study. Uh, Genesis 3, 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise, and she took the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave them to her husband and, with her, and he did eat. Now, they, she looked on it. She had knowledge that this was the tree of good and evil. And she looked at that tree, and the devil convinced her that she'd be better off with that knowledge than not. And so she looked at it, and then she got to look at that tree, and it started looking look like the best-looking tree in the garden. That's the way sin does. Best-looking tree in the garden. And all of them other trees, you know, the fruit is not near as good as this one that's on that tree that God says don't eat of. And so she seen it as pleasant, and she got to looking at it, and it was good for food. I mean, and you know, the, the fruit of it looks like it was good for food, and so she ate of it, and with no complaints, and gave it to her husband, and he did too. <coughs> but the problem was, their eyes was open to good and evil. Somebody says, "Well, what was that tree?" You know, I mean, some say apples, some says this, that, and the other, some says some kind of poison. It wasn't a tree. It was her sin. God says, don't eat of that. It could be an apple tree, a pear tree, or uh, whatever kind of tree you want to think of. What made it evil, uh, when they partook of it, if you will, is because God said, don't do it. The devil said, do it. And they did it. And as soon as they did that, then they become fleshly creatures. That wasn't eating that food and swallowing it down overnight as di- they ju- digested it. that they become evil. They become evil immediately upon partaking of the food. <clears throat> when Paul is pointing out the difference between knowledge that puffs up and the knowledge that inclines one to humanity and charity. Knowledge that God gives us should be for edification. Strengthen the faith of others, not tearing it down. We rather read in Deuteronomy 30, and I think it's verse 30, that they might learn to love the Lord their God. And so, sometime we look at the Old Testament, we think that in the Old Testament they had no love for God, and that in the New Testament, it's all in love. Well, in the book of Leviticus, it tells you to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and we find that many passages speak upon them to love the Lord their God, as, as I mentioned in 3030. And, so we'll and Paul's pointing out the difference between knowledge that puffed up and what kind of knowledge without charity is useless. There in First Corinthians thirteen two, and though I have the gift of prophecy, and understanding, and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I'm nothing. <clears throat> and be, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body, be burnt, have not charity, it profit me nothing. Charity suffers long, is kind, and charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. So, knowledge without charity is worthless. Wisdom without charity is worthless. We just become, if you will, windbags. And we, if you will, when you get prideful of what you know, then... Usually, you know, God's going to tear you down one way or the other. And when we question and we and <coughs> say, well, you know, you didn't dot your eye there, right? You didn't cross that t just right. And then we're the ones in trouble. It is not those that, if you will, are still in the progress or growing in wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge and liberty with the <coughs> reverence and love of God is death. It's of no value. There are uh, these which Paul were going uh, after were free thinkers who would say idols are nothing, freeing them to worship without any holdovers from idolatry, uh, and then belittle uh, all them that held to these superstitions. And uh, so he said, "Well, he said he hadn't sinned. Well, he hadn't sinned in the sense that he knew that idols were nothing." If somebody, you go in somebody's house, and they got a picture there, and with a heart, you know, holding in the hand like that, and and they reference that, and you go in, and you know, it's just a picture. To me, it's disgusting because we know it's not really a true likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's some Italian, usually it was back in the Renaissance age that they that made of, and he, it says it's a shame for men to have long hair. Of course, now some of the modern pictures, supposed to be of Christ, they they cut the hair. But nonetheless, you know, if you remember back in the 50s and 60s, well, the hippies said, if it's good enough for Jesus to have long hair, it's for us. But the Bible's clearly that if he had long hair, he'd been sinned. I mean, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. <clears throat> the point I'm making is is they had a, they were free thinkers. The idolatry, if you will doesn't mean anything to them. and then they used the <clears throat> they uh, belittle those if still in these superstitions. And let me say to you I uh, think about this or thought about this when I was younger. <clears throat> I, call, I actually call somebody a fool for worshiping Mary. Now, I thought that after I did that, I, I thought I probably crossed the line on that. But they really are foolish for worshiping Mary because the great goddess Diane, which is that's what it depicts, <clears throat> she's nothing. She was just a statue and had no power whatsoever. True worshipers love the Lord God, showing great devotion unto him and honoring him by honoring his people. And if we love one another, then we know that we love God. If you don't love one another, then how you know you love God? If you don't love Him whom God has saved, and the Scripture says there in 1 John, then you don't love Him. You don't love God. And so it is a sign or a test, if you will, that we love one another. And if we do things that hurts the weaker brothers, as he mentions here, as uh, going to the festival, sitting down and eating the meat there, the food thereof. And, and of course, as again I say, he knows that there's no gods, and so he can freely eat because he knows that food just cooked in a <clears throat> in some way or another, and it doesn't make any difference. Uh, <clears throat> what Who cooked it and who blessed it, uh, when I was a kid, we'd go to a uh, lot of the Catholics' uh, picnics. And they'd have a barbecue, and of course, that was one of their fundraisers. And uh, so the question would come up, well, we know the priest would bless you know, He'd go and bless all that the night before, bless the fire pits and that type of thing, you know. So the question, was, should we be there or not? Now, we knew the priest had no power. We knew what he's sprinkling on there—just water. He might have a little oil in it. I don't know. Somebody Prince said, "I believe there's a little oil in there, but I don't know that there was. But he'd sprinkle it. Sometimes they'd walk down between them with the robe on and even the and and you know. But we knew us nothing. I mean, I could do it in that. I could get up. That wouldn't mean any more than what he did. Yeah. But the question then is come down if what does it look like? <clears throat> what is it, what is the perception of those that see you going? And, and of course, in the community I was brought up in, was basically Catholic and, and <clears throat> some Protestants and a few Baptists. <clears throat> and so we knew that it was nothing. They thought it was something. And I even had a Catholic a friend of mine say to me, said, well, you know that meat you eat this last Saturday, he said, now the priest blessed that. And uh, I asked him, I said, what does it do for you when you eat some of that blessed meat? well, he just tells me how much better it was for you. And he's going through all this. I said, I didn't get any of that. I said, all I got out of it was food. <laughs> but in their minds, it's a real thing. It really makes a difference—the truth of all of it all. <clears throat> and now, at, at a body of faith, hope, and charity; these three, but the greatest of these is charity. When all else fails, charity will never fail. Yeah. Food might fail, times might fail, you might fail. I mean, if you, nothing you <clears throat> can put your trust in. It all might fail, but charity never fails. It is that quantity and quality that God has given unto us and if, if we start out in that, we love, our, love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and, and soul and strength and love one another as Christ has loved us and love our neighbors ourselves, then we're keeping the commandments. And somebody says, uh, how can you call that commandment to you? If you love your brother, Commit adultery with his wife or husband, even spouse. If you love him, you won't do that. And if you love your neighbor as yourself, then you won't do it either. Where what what sin can you do? Which of the Ten Commandments can you do? Then charity, <laughs> name one. You can't name one because if you have charity, then you will not do these things, not just because the Bible says, Thou shalt not, thou shall not, thou shall not. It is because that we love them, because we love them, we will covet after and try to steal the things they've got or to murder them and, and, and if you will, uh, destroy them in some way or the other if we love them as we love ourselves. If we love one another as Christ has loved us, then what in the world, could you do against a Christian? Just think about it. How much does Christ love you? He you enough to go to <coughs> Calvary and die for you. He loves you enough that He is interceding at the right hand of the Father this very day. Even as we're worshiping, some of our minds might be wandering off, string to of this, that, and the other, and Christ is interceding on our behalf. God allows trials, even false doctrine in the church. There in 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen, 19, <clears throat> For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Now that seems... Kind of backward way. <clears throat> but you know, sometimes Christians won't stand until there's a clear something to stand against. And when the heresy comes into the church, <clears throat> and if nobody does anything about it, it just grows and grows and grows, as we've seen in other churches, <clears throat> and those that are approved of God will stand against it. And, and if they stand against as they ought to, and they will be in the power of the Holy Spirit, then they can show who's approved of God and who's not approved of God, and it'd be clear and evident to everybody which are belong to God and which don't. If there's more that belong to the devil than God, then you might be the one leaving, but nonetheless, it'll show who is approved of God. There's only one God in eight 4, the isles have no power whatsoever. In Jeremiah ten five and 6, they are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. They must be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like to thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Now, the idol characteristics, if you will, <coughs> is they're nothing. When we think about take, so the idols, take on the characteristic of those that created them, <coughs> the passions and frailties that are always subject to some kind of kryptonite, Hercules' heel, or something, because they're always fallible. You ever think about how come these can be fallible? Well, because it's made of man. And man is fallible, and usually man wants some way that he can either trick them, go around them, or do something, to get over their gods. And if you've ever studied some of the different things that people would do to, uh, to overcome their gods, or what the, somebody says, well, you got this decree to get you, and all the foolishness they'd go through, and they had a workaround. And shamefully, Christians also have workarounds. <clears throat> it's like somebody says, when I was a kid, I said, all you have to do is say a few Hail Marys and you know, you're forgiven. He's said, well, you Baptist sin, say, God forgive me, and thank you, forgive me, and say, that's all you do. And I got to thinking about that. <laughs> There's a lot of truth in that. <clears throat> to be forgiven, and we must really desire to be forgiven. And if we look to God, and if we just go through it, If you will, say, well, I ask God to forgive me, and the Bible says, you know, if you ask God to forgive you, he'll forgive you, but uh, something about forgiveness from the heart, or seeking and and worshiping from the heart it isn't, that we must be fully, really, truly, contrite and repent of whatever wickedness it is. If we just go on our merry way, and say, well, it's no different than them saying three hell marries. Absolutely no difference whatsoever. But if we have a contrite heart, as the scripture says, then there is forgiveness. And yes, we can go on our merry way. In 1 8, 5, and 6, in the world there are many gods and lords, but to the child of God there's only one God, one Lord there's only one Savior. there is not three gods there are three persons in the godhead but we just one god there's not uh, lord this and lord that and this god and that god there's a book that come out but all these gods and goddesses all this that and the other and this was from a christian uh, software company and <clears throat> they were Looking at this, at these, as if they were something. They're not. They cannot do what God does. <clears throat> we think about Jesus, Christ. Jesus made all things, and we are in Him by God's amazing grace. And I talked about earlier, you know, the creator, the guys that create idols and things. They take on some of the characteristics of their creator. Some fallibilities may their creators have. And, and, and as, like I said, they have a work of that. But we was created by him as perfect. We took on a, his character. He was man that fell away from God. Adam and Eve had the character of God. And what I mean by that, they didn't seek to do evil. They only sought to do good. They didn't hate anybody because there wasn't any hate in their heart. And they were perfect about the standard that the Creator created them until they sinned. And when they sinned, then come in hate and despite and murder and you just go on and on. What came to Killed his brother! And what kind of what kind of a, if you will, the uh, what kind of person was he? Well, he was one that hated his brother. Hated God. And he said, Well, when God said, What? Well, uh, found him there. And he said, Well, it's more than that barren, you know. And of course, God put him out. And he put the mark of Cain on him that if anybody tried to kill him, uh, they'd, and God would deal with them. But nonetheless, <clears throat> from him comes the wicked side. Up to the flood, from Seth comes the righteous side to the flood. But by the time of the flood, they kind of merged, and there wasn't any good people. God couldn't find one, and and somebody says, "Well, yeah, there was one there, and there wasn't one." God says in the scripture, "There wasn't any." Then it says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, how did Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord just like you found grace in the eyes of the Lord? He didn't deserve it. Noah didn't deserve to be saved. He hadn't done anything that would recommend him to God or, if you will, that would cause him to be higher than anybody else. God says there wasn't any there. He He was sorry. He made it. And then Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What was your day of salvation? That was the day you found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Who delivered you from your sins, from your trespasses, and called you to be his own, and to follow him, and do those things well-pleasing in this sight. The weakened knowledge and understanding, some of the saints did not fully understand, if you will, or have a knowledge that idols are nothing, they thought they were something. <clears throat> and sometimes we be little, not like I was throwing a corn in a fountain, but some people think that's something. And they were so weak that when they ate meat sold at the market, knowing that it was part of the sacrifice to an idol, they could not eat it in good conscience. 1 Corinthians 10.25 Whatsoever is sold in shambles that eat asking no questions for conscience sake. Now what are they saying what I did Paul tell them when you go down to the market don't ask them if this comes from the temple of it comes from temple this or temple that. And you just go in and buy the meat and pay no attention to who blessed it or who didn't bless it. It would have been not impossible, not impossible, to buy any food that hadn't been blessed by some priest of some kind in their day. Because what was left over the feast, they took it down to the market. To make money for the temple. Verse 26. For the earth is Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to the Lord. So <clears throat> they could go down to the marketplace. And it says for conscience sake. You don't ask him where it comes from. If you ask him where it comes from. Then you got a dilemma. Here it's been offered to this goddess, god or goddess. And here's the brother over here that just came out of that religion, just been saved yesterday. And when they see you eating that blessed meat, they, they think maybe you think they, that you think there's something to it. We're to be careful that we're not hurt the, we, the weaker brother. All things are lawful to me, the principle of faithfulness. All things are lawful to me. But that's verse 23 of the 10th chapter. First Corinthians, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So, it comes down to how it affects others. Sometimes, we think it doesn't matter. Well, if they, don't, if they can't do it, that's their problem. <coughs> I, I know I, I'm just, I'm a clear conscience. So I can go down and eat anything, doing these things, so on and so forth. But if you hurt a weaker brother, then you've sinned. <clears throat> and that's what it's speaking about here. <clears throat> uh, Paul uh, advocated, did Paul advocate eating in the temple there in 1 Corinthians 10 again, verses 21 and 22. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of the devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy Are we stronger than he? Now drinking of the cup is what's added here that's not mentioned in the previous in our text first chapter, and and that's just like taking of the Lord's supper because when you took you the libation was to the praise of whatever God was so if you took of the table or plate or I mean the cup which was wine or whatever they serve, and you took it, it's like making a toast or something, and you're in agreement with them. And that we're not supposed to do at all. Weaker brother or no weaker brother, you cannot sit at both tables. You cannot worship Zeus and worship God. You cannot worship Mary and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. You just cannot do it. And if you try, then we will provoke the Lord to jealousy, and do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? One can destroy a weaker brother's faith, his confidence, his conscience. Second Timothy two eighteen, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and over the thro- thro the faith is sunk. You see, they was looking for Jesus to come just like we are, and they were looking for Him to come, and when He come, He was going to rapture them out. Here comes this heretic. So well the resurrection's already come. You missed it. Now what would you think? It says it overthrew the faith of many. Here they was looking for the rapture, looking for the rapture, and 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 the, this guy said, Well, it's already come. You missed it. And it also goes on to say in Timothy, the Lord knows those that are His. Those that are His won't fall away. They might stumble. They might fall. and They might get contrary for a time. They might go into a fog, a spiritual fog for some period of time, but they cannot be taken away from the Lord. They will not, if you will, be cast away. But it overflew the faith of some. And so... We know that those that are his, that they would uh, regain it. But just think, if you thought the rapture happened yesterday, <clears throat> we just say, "Well, something's wrong here." Now, we try to make it. Might try to make up some new doctrine or something. But the point I'm making is, is that when we do things that weaken somebody's faith. We are accountable unto God for that. The faith of true believers cannot be overthrown or destroyed. In Mark 24, 24, for there there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Mark 13, 22, for false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to do if it were possible possible, even the elect. And John 6, the 6th chapter speaks of, of Jesus and abiding in the vine and how that we're safe in Christ. All the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and him that comes to me I will no well cast out. And verses 37 39, or 37, and then 39, all that this is the Father's will which has sent me that all that of all which he has given me, I should, I should lose nothing. So all that the Lord gives, all that the Father gave to the Son, will not perish. But it does not mean they cannot be weakened. It cannot mean you can't that they won't lose their testimony. It does not mean they'll be in the service of the Lord. <clears throat> they might be as castaways as far as the church is concerned. They have to be disciplined from the body because of some uh, some fraction, infringement, or whatever that uh, the Scripture warns us about. But all these things can happen. If they're His, they're still going to make it through. But if you're the one that caused them to fall in the first place, then you'll have to give an account unto God. One of the devil's purposes is to seduce the elect. <clears throat> he will not be able to, because God's power uh, secures them, nonetheless, it doesn't mean you cannot fall away. cannot mean you cannot fall away into sin, that you cannot become, if you will, destitute. Some people that uh, that you hear of later after it's happened, and while they're going through it, you say, I don't think they ever saved. I mean, you look at their lungs and say, nah, they're not saved. They never was saved. And then sometimes later they come back and repent and rejoin the church. Did he get saved then? No, he's already saved. What happened? They got backslidden. They went away from God. And let me say, a backslider can go just as far as about any sinner you've ever seen. In drunkenness, I mean, you name it, they can do it. <clears throat> but if they His, they will come back. If they not, then they'll go on, if you will, to destruction. And they may be confused for years. Some for a time may fall into unbelief, confusion, and doctrine, pick up false doctrine. <clears throat> I, I mean, you probably have always seen this, where somebody be citing some heretical doctrine or whatever for a time, then God will bring them back to the truth. Now, usually, as soon as we hear that one word that's, <clears throat> that's heretical, we just write them all, heretics. <clears throat> now, we come to the false believers, those that are not hypocrites, who are not pretending, but think they are saved. And <clears throat> these, if you will, are the hardest, and <clears throat> sometimes are the most holy active in the church. Not always. But the problem is they'll show their lack of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. How many churches do you know that have these grandiose programs and plans and all this, that, and the other? And they might say, well, maybe you ought to say a prayer before we do this. A lot of times they won't. They go out doing something. They're doing it for Jesus. They're doing it for Christ and the Christ Kingdom, and so on and so forth. But as the old saying goes, they left Christ back at the church building. And what are these? These are people who are proclaiming to be believers without being possessors, possessor, excuse me, of the Holy Spirit. And so, if you will, some will fall away because someone put a stumbling block in their path, and we think about, well, if they were lost, you know, they, they was going to go away anyway. But we still haven't given an account for that. And if we cast a stumbling block before some saint, and they fall away from a time, or they're never really recovered in the sense they're not useful to the cause of Christ, then we have to give an account for that. Ezekiel talks about their blood being upon your hand, and he gives two examples. One is the lost man. If you don't warn the lost man, you know they even look at him the way and so on and so forth. But the other is that you see the righteous, if you will, in their sin, and you don't warn them. In either case, whether they're God's people or worldly people, we are to warn them. And if not, then the blood's on our hands. Well, we're the one that caused them to stumble. It would be hard to go back and, if you will, <clears throat> say, well, I'm going to help you recover when you're the one that threw them down that garden path. Romans 14, 20, and 21, For meat destroys not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor, nor anything, whereby the brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak, hast thou faith, have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the things that which is allowed. There are many reasons given in the scripture for those professing salvation that (coughs) uh, that that they fall away. In Hebrews 10, 38, and 39, now the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Let us never be one that causes another faith, a person's faith to fail or fall. <clears throat> the other part of this, which I'm not going to be able to get into, is that the church itself must exercise faith. If we just go through the motions and we, <clears throat> if you will, are not trusting God for the both the worship, in singing service, praying, preaching, or whatever it is, and if we never pray about the services at home, we don't, you know, well, oh, we're going to church today, let's go and maybe say a prayer or two after we get here, uh, but we don't really pray during the week that, that that everything would go well to the honor and glory of God, and that we know that God answers prayers, and that we strive to bri- bri- obey our worship service, if you will, in that they that we might see the work of God among us and not depend on the work of the flesh to accomplish the work of God and <clears throat> let us be one though let us never be one that causes another to fall knowledge is good it is when it's tempered with love wisdom understanding but puffed up knowledge is worthless only knowledge from God is true with is of little value if it doesn't accomplish love <clears throat> Sometimes we might feel like we should belittle people because their false religion. We're not to do that. We're to tell them and preach to them Jesus Christ. If they want to know about their religion and 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 make, have questions for you about that, then that's when we tell them. But we never make fun of another man's religion. Just like the wagging the faces of Jesus on the and the cross at Calvary, chief priests down there wagging their hands, he saved others and let us save himself now, and so on and so forth. And they were mocking the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to preach the gospel. We're not to mock. We're not to make fun of. What to us seems foolish and wicked, if you will, to them in is serious. until they understand and know that there are no idols. There is no other creator but the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no keeper of the soul but God. And God determines what, you, what happens to you after this life, whether it be heaven or hell, until they know that, then, if you will, they're just in darkness. And when you make fun of somebody's religion... You'll never tell them about Jesus Christ.